Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18+. plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. We're doing it live. We're, We're doing, doing it live. live. Um, anyways, well, welcome to some 40th episode of the podcast. Uh, I am one of your co-hosts, Lucas the Actor, and I'm joined by my co-host, Josh Yang. Sorry, did you say my name? No, I did not say your name. No. Oh, okay. I was waiting. Man, it was the the juddering of the the wife. Hey, it's the it's that's how the world is now. Everything is either two seconds behind or one second behind or oh no everything. But it's coming to an end, isn't it? What COVID is coming to an end? Oh, oh no, no, I meant twenty twenty. Twenty twenty is coming to an end. True, true, true. Uh yes. Yeah, so I am joined by my co-host Josh, the comedian, right over there. Um, this is the podcast where creatives talk about the process of making it. I myself am in the acting game and my co-host is in the comedy game right there. And you know what? We always ask each other this first off though, Mr. Josh Yang, have you made it yet? And if you could please say that, answer that question with a joke too. Oh, okay. Um, no, I have not made it yet. And I, uh, Lucas is setting me up because I've, I've done the stupid thing of, um, committing myself to to write and and say a new joke every week because i've been saying too much of nothing for a while <laughs> so josh's joke of the week for attempting to make it here we go you know as covid cases are going up um i thought i'd, I'd talk a little bit about that i feel like i feel like we all need to collectively recognize that doctors uh can only do so much Sometimes a legitimate diagnosis from a doctor is, I don't know. Uh, that's why we describe doctors as practicing medicine. Practicing. I mean, I personally like a doctor that's practiced, please. Uh, what's more outrageous is that some doctors work in a private practice. That's where they get paid more to tell you they don't know what's wrong, uh, but in a more intimate way. <laughs> Privately. Yeah, I feel like that has is okay. I feel like I could definitely punch it up later on, but that's that's the general idea for for one joke, a new joke. It's helping me make it. It has legs, man. It has legs. Yeah, it has legs. Though a doctor may tell you it, they don't know what to. But either way, no, actually, I don't want to make it seem like doctors don't know what they're doing. Listen to doctors wear a mask. Lucas. Oh yes, yes. Have you made it yet? Um. Not yet, but, you know, we were talking last week about making our own luck and um, I just had a really good call today. Uh, I'm not going to count my chickens before they hatch or, or, or jinx anything. Um, but, you know, at the very end, again, your agent only makes 15%. You have to do 85% of the work. 
So make sure you're keeping busy because if you don't like something, make sure you change it. So making our own luck, Josh, because that's what we're doing, right? Yep. And then sometimes it's also completely out of your control. So your luck can only go so far. I don't know why I'm going on a, a rather depressing, uh, pessimistic streak. Doctors don't know what they're talking about. Luck is only a construct we've created to make ourselves feel better. Uh, I don't blame you. The sun sets at 430. I feel it too, man. Uh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. It is damn dark right now. It's ridiculous. Ugh. Anyways. Um, so with this, Josh, are you ready for our guest today? I'm ready. Okay. All right. So I'll be honest, man. It's been a minute since I've seen our next guest. Uh, if my memory serves me correctly, I believe we met at my former church. I used to go to church guys. It really does feel like a lifetime ago as I think we met at youth group. Um, we were introduced to each other and a few years down the line, I was then told that he's an actor. This of course is all new to me as I never knew of any actors, much less knew of anyone my age and of my Asian descent that pursued the arts. You know, you don't really know of any actors. Back then, this was like, oh man, like early 2000s, like close to 20 years ago now, man. It's close to that. It's suffice to say that our next guest here open a door for me that I didn't even know was closed, much less a door that I even knew was there. An Asian that's pursuing the arts and pursuing it full time, like congrats to him. That's awesome. I've been hearing of his rising career through friends of friends, and I'm so excited that we reconnected. He's been in the acting game for a while and has been on hit shows such as Arrow, Flash, Van Helsing, Supernatural, and the recently ended The 100. You might know him best as Jeremy in the hit Hallmark movie, Just My Type, or as Jesse in A Homecoming for the Holidays. You will see him in season two of Virgin River coming out at the end of this month on Netflix. Please give it up for the talented and inspirational actor, Mr. Donald Hang. <laughs> Thanks, man. That's awesome. Yeah, so if it is correct, like, can you vouch for this? Did we meet at church? Uh, you know what? I was just just uh, I was just looking at our mutual friends, and that appears to be correct. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Awesome. Awesome. Oh, we have a puppy here. Uh, as yeah, we start, off- she'll be popping in and out. Sorry. Oh, that's so cute. <laughs> no, 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 no. I hope she stays. As we start off with every episode, though, Mister Donald, have you made it yet? I have not made it. I would not say that I made it. Um, I'm still. Uh, I wouldn't say that it's just a side thing anymore. I mean, I think it certainly started off as a side thing, but I'm definitely looking at this as my main career. Awesome. But uh, I, I, I don't make enough money to not need to supplement my income with other kind of jobs. Wow. So until that happens, I don't think I can say that I made it. Okay. Okay. All right. Well, there we are. Um, <clears throat> just as a quick follow-up to that statement of, of making and pursuing your, your passion and your career with that. What would be your it in making it? Um, well, like I said before, um, just not having to worry about any financial stuff and being able to just focus on acting purely. Right now, obviously, we're still, you know, we're still auditioning a lot. Um, making it would be not having to audition probably as much. <laughs> yeah, getting, yeah. getting some choices in, into, you know, the kind of roles that you really want to do and stuff instead of just... Really, pretty, I'm pretty much taking what I can get at this point. Yeah. You know? 
has has your um i guess concept of like making it adapted and changed since when you first started uh going out to auditions was there was there something that like i feel like as everybody starts pursuing these type of like um more artistic more passion um careers passion related careers it's kind of like the passion that drives you in the beginning and then you kind of get brought back down to earth and you realize like maybe i gotta make sure i can feed myself uh you know some other things come into into view i'm wondering like what was your idea of making it when you kind of started out um i don't know what my idea was making uh, making it when i started out i think maybe to really generalize it just being on tv you know um yeah I don't know, man. Like, but in terms of being knocked down over and over again, for sure. I mean, I've been doing this for nine years and it's kind of hard to believe because when I first started it, I told myself, you know, three years and then maybe a year in, I was like, I'll do it five years. And if I don't get to where I want to be, then I'll just call it quits. Five years later, another five years. And now I'm here today and I'm like, screw it with the five years. You know, I, I think I'm in this for life, but I just, uh, uh, yeah, there's no more time limit for me. You know, I just kind of like understand that it's just like an always learning process and it sucks man it's like it's i don't know there's like a chinese verb that says like a frog in the well you know like he he, he looks up in the well and he sees just the sky and he thinks the whole world but, mm. but when he gets out of the well he sees so much more and it's like the more you know the more you know you don't know mm. um and i think every two years i get reset i just like get incredibly discouraged there's a there's a period of you know during the year where i get really discouraged and then and then i kind of like say okay I'm just going to work harder than I did before. And then every two years, the same thing happens. And you're like, man, I, the more you know, the more you know, you don't know. And it's just, yeah. it's kind of scary. Because I, I honestly think that in the beginning, if I knew how hard it was going to be, I don't know if I would have put my toes in it. Oh, I know. Like, yeah. <clears throat> like I was watching this this one thing about like an actor's life. And it's basically like an iceberg, of course. Like, but people only see like the successful bits at the very top, but the very bottom, it's always just rejection, 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 hard work, a lot of money, rejection, rejection. And it's just yeah. the mental toll it takes until you finally maybe get to a place where you feel a bit more confident. But if you didn't know that going in, I'm not sure. I'm sure the confidence of going into the arts comes a lot from just not knowing the price you have to pay to go in there. I think so too. I really do. Yeah. I don't know how many people have uh, said that and voiced their opinion to me, but for me, I really think that if I knew looking back that th these next 10 years are going to be this stressful, I, I definitely would have at least looked at alternatives into what I'd like to do instead <laughs> of just going um, head first into this. Because I mean, even right now, especially now with COVID um, I mean, there's no more live auditions pretty mm -hmm. much right we're all taking yeah. our own stuff we have to buy the equipment we have to rent studio space um coachings and whatnot and i'm honestly spending like between 50 and 100 dollars every tape i send in i literally am you know i really oh am God. so it's like yeah i mean th this month alone has been crazy it's been so busy you know like opportunities are opening up for everyone because mm -hmm. casting can see so many more tapes than they did before yeah um but yeah, this month alone, I probably did like 15 auditions and every single one I'm spending 50 to hundred bucks. So, you know, it's running a deficit right now and it's kind of oh crazy. God. Okay. Mm. Um, dude, fingers crossed for you, man. Like, like keep pushing. You're getting those auditions, man. You're doing it. Yeah. yeah. Um, <clears throat> so let's just start off at the very beginning from, from like basically your high school days. So I heard from another sure. interview that as a kid, you had originally wanted to be a police officer and that 
during high school and everything like that, you might have went into acting for, quote unquote, the wrong reasons. Can you go into a bit more detail, detail about what those wrong re reasons were? Yes. Um, so I guess being, um, I think I fell in love with acting, doing plays in high school and stuff. And mm -hmm. I'm going gonna, I'm, I'm gonna to be honest, I like the applause. It, it was yeah. a great feeling. Um, and also when you're going through a play and it's like funny and then the crowd is laughing and stuff, you feel really fulfilled. I think everybody would, right? You just feel mm -hmm. fulfilled and it feels addicting to have that feeling over and over again. Yeah. And where some actors just like, you know, they only want to do the three kind of show mm -hmm. runs. I was like, I'll do as many as I can. Like, I just love the feeling of it. And then obviously you think about the fact that it could, this is something that could make you a lot of money. You get noticed and being on TV and stuff. It's cool showing your friends. That stuff is really cool. Uh -huh. And then I started acting and I don't think I booked my first gig until two, two years, two, three years in. Hmm. Um, and at that point I really, I was like, man, this is harder than I thought it was because I'm not going to lie. When I first got my first agent, I thought to myself like, dude, you know, there's not much Asian people like that. And I feel like I'm good. And I feel like I'm just going to rise. And wow, that's uh, the complete opposite. I feel, I look back at some of my old audition tapes and I rank them. There are some that are like, bad but funny and you can laugh at and then there's these ones that are so bad that i can't even watch them like i, I click on them watch maybe like two lines me like i i can't i just turn it off it just makes me cringe yeah that was so bad you know and to go into my mindset back then and think of how good i thought i was yeah it's embarrassing for myself but it also like in the big, big scope of things when you look back at that and you look at how how i feel i am now that's just the growth right but then you look forward and there's like so much more and I'm like nowhere close to where I want to be, but sorry, I'm getting kind of off track here. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah. So um, I stepped into acting thinking all these things were going to come easily and that uh, I was going to get all this joy out of it. Um, and I, and I think I said in that interview that I don't think I went to it for the right reasons, but I feel like I fell in love with it for the right reasons. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And um, where that comes in is really, really, I mean, to boil it down to like simplicity, it, it's all about taking lemons in your life and making lemonades. Yeah. Cause I don't think there's a single profession. Um, yeah, there's not a single profession other than ours where it's like something bad happens to you. Now I don't wish for these bad things to happen to me, but mm -hmm. say my dog died, you know, I had a dog who died two years ago oh, no. and there's no other profession where someone can have that and be like, that sucks. But you know what? I can use this somewhere in the future. I'm able to use it, <laughs> you know, uh, and, and that's just one example. There's like, you know, anything that's bad that happens in your life, however specific it is, the most more specific, the better. But mm -hmm. you just have all these ammo that you you collect throughout your life. Of exactly. These things happening and you're like, you, I can use this. I can use this. Mm -hmm. So there's no other career that's like that. And I think I just fell in love with that. No, definitely. And. <clears throat> And you, you do go through a bit about that um, with, with like working with Jeb Beach and all that stuff, which we'll get into a bit later and everything. Um, but I remember you had also said that you, one of your first stage plays was a thoroughly modern Millie. And uh, it was a musical right. that you were doing and everything like that. Has stage performance, um, how would you compare and contrast your, your uh, experiences being on film and TV as opposed to being on stage? Is it something that you prefer, something that you wish you would have done more i think i would do a lot more stage if vancouver provided um like more opportunities hmm. um the reason why I, I think most actors actually would choose stage the reason they don't is because the money 
sucks. Mm. Uh, there's no comparison unless you're in New York. And even if you're in New York, it's like, I mean, I mean only the top of the top get parts in Broadway shows and stuff, right? And they, yeah. they have that kind of desire of theirs fulfilled. Um, I think the, the biggest difference, uh, it, it's, I don't know, it's it's easier and it's harder for two different things. Like for, for, for stage acting, obviously, like I've done some one act plays where you're on stage nonstop for one hour. And you like it's not even line memorization, but just like the focus you kind of need to have and everything like that. Mm-hmm. Um, so that was difficult. I mean, obviously, in t- uh, TV and film, when you're acting, you're doing it a bunch of times, and if you mess up, it's okay. You just do it over and over again, and then in the editing room, they paste everything mm-hmm. together and cut it and stuff. Yeah. Uh, but where where it's easier for for theater is that you're you're you know you have your character and you're you're following an arc and you're just going through it like people give you lines you you react to it and you give it back and mm-hmm. you tell the whole story in a linear fashion but in acting i think so much of the work has to be done um off screen in terms of an analysis and stuff which mm-hmm. honestly i don't think i'm that good at and it's something i'm really working on but if you don't analyze a scene properly you're not going to put in a good performance because you're shooting the things completely out of uh, a chronological order. Yeah, yeah. And so knowing when when you're supposed to say climax or, you know, how your character changes through the arcs of it, you really need to have it all detailed out into mm-hmm. how it works. And you're like, okay, this day, my first day on set, but it's like the end of the movie, the end yeah. of my arc and whatnot. And so you really need to go through all of that. And all, all that work has to come before you obviously step um, on set and then work. Otherwise you're kind of screwed. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Yeah, sorry. Uh, just as for about your preparation that you're that you're doing right now, um, you had mentioned also in another interview that you said your dad had wanted to become an actor himself before too. Uh, with <laughs> knowing that knowledge, was it a little bit easier telling your folks that you want to pursue acting, knowing that your dad had wanted to become an actor? Yeah, uh, I feel very fortunate in being. Uh, I I'm, I assume that most Asians, their parents are immediately like, no. Uh, I think that's a very generalized way to put it, but I feel like it's pretty accurate. I mean, do you, did you have that experience with your parents? Oh yeah, oh yeah. Yourself, they, it was hard, right? Uh-huh. Um, my parents, they were cool with it. Like my mom oh, cool. was like, that's unrealistic a little bit, but you know, I'll support you uh, three years and, or five years or whatever. And then she okay. saw that I was actually putting in the work and I was getting some sort of success. So she was, uh, she's hundred percent supportive right now. Uh-huh. Uh, my dad was really, really easily on board. Like I said, he wanted to be an actor and I think he, he kind of lives vicariously through me. You know, he really wants to put uh-huh. himself in my shoes and be like, this is what you should be, um, adding to your arsenal. He's been trying to get me to go to dance lessons for so long. And honestly, I really should, but, uh, it's one of those things where I'm so scared of man. Like, I don't know. I don't know why it is. I think it's because when you're acting mm-hmm. and if you do a shitty job, can I swear? Sorry. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. If, if you do a crappy job, you can be like, oh, you know, you can kind of hide behind it. And you can kind of make excuses for why you did what you did. But when you're dancing, man, that's you. So if you suck, you know, you got nothing to hide behind that. You just suck. And so I don't know. I climb up. And the only time I've ever auditioned, oh, no, sorry, the only time I've ever um, done dance uh-huh. was uh, I auditioned for, to uh, play Bruce Lee in a uh, oh. biopic of his that is now like delayed. But at one point, this is like two, three years ago, I got shortlisted for the role and was told that I was gonna go to Malaysia and meet the director and stuff. And I was super excited wow. about that. Uh-huh. Obviously because Bruce Lee is like my dad's biggest hero. 
uh, and I watched the movies ever since I was a kid. And so, wow. man, I was thinking, man, if I got to play him, my dad would just be floored. You know, my parents would be so proud. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, that was the only time I uh, I hired like a uh, private cha-cha-cha dancer because Bruce Lee did cha-cha-cha. Mm, uh, right. Cha-cha. Sorry, not cha-cha-cha. Uh, and yeah, so I did like eight classes of those. Uh, other than that, I bought like maybe three or four Groupon passes to to go to dance class yeah. and I've let them all expire. Oh no. <laughs> I'm not kidding. Like no joke whatsoever. Yeah. Uh, yeah Harbor yeah. Dance Studio, I dance, these are Vancouver's dancing schools and I bought mm-hmm. the coupons. I could not go through with it. Oh my God. Dude, I know. Uh, it's I, terrible. You have a martial arts background. So you have some semblance of choreography and everything. So I, I believe you can do it. Uh yeah. <laughs> I suppose uh, I, I again i really should i really should go do it i feel like it just you know yeah the most telling thing is obviously i'm uncomfortable with it and i think you should people especially actors should do anything that makes them uncomfortable because how are you supposed to step in front of people in an audition and you're feeling uncomfortable and nervous and stuff how are you supposed to do all that stuff when you're you know embarrassed about dancing or something but funny thing is uh the uh the latest project i did was another hallmark movie um and i i played a dance instructor can you believe that? Oh, <laughs> that's funny. You just fake it till you make it, though, right? Like I'm on, I'm on set, and the the the, uh, the dance director is trying to tell me how to act like I'm teaching the other actors dancing, and I'm like, shit, I don't even know. Like, you know, I don't know how to hold my hands. I had to uh, like, I was a dance teacher, like, and and my character, they even mention off screen, they're like, uh, yeah, Kendall, Kendall, he's a um, he's a world class ball dancing. <laughs> ballroom dancing teacher or something i was like wow i don't know how i'm gonna fake this but i, I don't know luckily i didn't have to do too much dancing i just had to uh-huh. pretend to teach other actors uh right, that right. was a nervous day for me well i mean if anything that was probably the purest form of acting you could have you could have put out there it's like you got to play what you're not and make people believe it yeah yeah you fake it <laughs> a hundred percent oh man and and i think what is interesting is like that is a rather interesting background to have one parent have a kind of an intimate understanding of like that desire to pursue something that is essentially intangible in the beginning right like until you kind of get some recognition it'll be tough for a lot of i guess asian or or maybe just conservative minded like parents to really see it as a potential opportunity i'm wondering was what was kind of one of the main pieces of advice that like your dad gave you when pursuing this based upon like his experience well he never actually pursued it he just um always thought that he wanted to get into it like he watched bruce lee and he's like he loved fighting and stuff and he honestly mm. i should show you some pictures of him he looks just like bruce lee no way uh, like d- dress dresses like him and stuff and he can yeah. throw some kicks man my dad was good uh so i don't i can't say that he's given me um a whole lot of advice but i do remember him saying to me um never stop discovering or never stop exploring uh uh things that other actors do like never stop learning in that sense you know don't don't just get stuck with one teacher or two different ones all the time and just mm-hmm. pull as much as you can was it was really broad advice but i i appreciate it because i think it's very true absolutely yeah i love yeah. that um so one of your first major breaks was uh, playing the role of Chet in Girl vs. Monster. And uh, yeah. you, you had said that um, it was from booking that role and, and seeing yourself on TV that that from then on, your parents 
like legitimize your your passion, your your road towards acting a little bit more. Um, how important was it for you to get your uh, your family's blessing before fully, fully committing to uh, to the acting road that you're embarking on right now? Uh, again, I think I'm spoiled because I I, I felt resistance at some point, mm. but I never uh, I hear stories of my peers who whose parents acted very differently than mine. Um, man, it didn't change too much. Like, like I said, like I booked, I booked that role like two, three years in maybe. Mm-hmm. And my mom had said something like three or five years. And then from then on every little, like every few months I would get one gig and whatnot. So it was reassuring to her. And obviously it made me feel good mm-hmm. that my parents were proud of me, you know? Yeah. So that, that, that's, it's important in that sense. Um, yeah. I don't know yeah. if I answered your question properly. No, there. <laughs> no. I mean, it, it's the dynamic between your family's blessing and your own own path is. I think it's it's very, it is very important. Just because in this craft, if there's anyone that you really have to believe in, it's yourself. But you also yeah. hope that other people will also believe in you too. And other people that you hold to high esteem are your say your parents, your sister, your siblings, or whatever. And it really helps, at least for myself, to know that they also believe in me too. So. So it's great yeah. that you got your parents' blessing like pretty, pretty early on in your career and everything. Yeah. What about you? Like, like how was telling your parents and how they react to that? Um, to be honest, it's a little bit easier to do that when you're like on the other side of the country. <laughs> yeah, sure. I mean, how long yeah. ago was that? When did you when did you when did you tell uh, when did you tell your parents? Um, I literally told them in so. I told them that I was about to quit my job in late 2018. And then what did I told, you do for work before that? Oh, I was working at VFX houses. What was your real job? Yeah, yeah. Okay. Uh, working as production yeah. coordinator at VFX houses. And uh, I just told them like, this ain't the path for me. And, they're, and, they, and they saw it too. They, they knew that I wasn't like happy doing the job. But I think they were pretty astounded when I said, I was going to go and become an actor and go into film school. So, I mean, I'm doing it. And there's not a lot they can say, but I, but I know at the same time, they're happy that I choosing a path that is better for me. That you like. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Right. Yeah. 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 Um, so, okay. Moving on <clears throat> from like, of course, your, your family that, that at first saw you grow and everything like that. You also have the amazing acting coach, Jeb Beach. He's played a big part in your starting out as a, as an actor. And um, you had this one thing about, turning a traumatic event from your upbringing and morphing into something positive. Can you go into a bit more detail right. about that transformation and how Jeb has uh, kind of turned the negative into a positive for you? Yeah. Uh, wow. You're reminding me of the story I used to tell when I, whenever I told people I got into acting uh, and I, I know exactly what you're talking to about. Um, mm. So my, I, I studied with Jeb. He was my first real acting teacher that I signed up and actually paid money to study acting from. Nice. And uh, in this scene, I was uh, doing a scene from Cool Hand Luke. I don't know if you've seen the movie before, mm-hmm. but Paul Newman's character, he's in prison. And uh, his mom, who's dying, comes in to see him uh, like one last time. And they're both really cold to each other. Like they're not really showing each other a lot of love. And he's kind of really nonchalant to her. And he just like says goodbye to her. And then kind of just like he, he leaves. Mm. And I just thought when I was reading this script, I was just like, and I was trying to like ramp up all these emotions and everything like that. And Jeb was just like, like, what are you doing? You know, like it has to be really cool and collected and whatnot. And I'm like, why, 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 why? He's just like, the whole point of it is 
all those emotions that you have, mm -hmm. they're not on the surface. They're buried deep underneath. And the whole point of that scene was because uh, Luke was so calm with his mom because his mom was dying and he wanted his mom to know that he was going to be okay. You know, if he's, if he's saying to his mom, like, goodbye, you know, I love you and everything like that, you know, he knows that she's going to just not die peacefully. And she, he, he, he loves her mom and he wants her to die peacefully. So he's putting on a brave face and saying, you know, it's all, all good to but he's dying inside. And so at the same time, coincidentally, like maybe two weeks ago or something, I had to give away my dog, uh, German shepherd. He got really aggressive and whatnot. And, um, this, uh, uh, dog humane society came by and tried to offer me money for my dog. Mm. And uh, I didn't accept it. I was just like, no, I just want this dog to have a good life. Please just take him and whatnot. And so I, I, I was sharing my personal life with Jeb and Jeb said, great, perfect example. Do this scene right now. Think about your dog. Think about how much you love your dog. Think about all the positive things. Now say goodbye to your dog. And I'm like crying. And he's like, no, 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 stop. Cover it up. Because if your dog leaves and he knows that you're going to be like crying like this, he's not going to want to leave, but you want him to be happy, right? So you want him to leave, you got to let him know it's okay. So now I'm crying, but I have all these emotions buried up, up underneath. And he goes, cover, nothing, just no emotions, no emotions. Now say your lines. And then you say your lines and it's kind of like all these emotions are right there. It's in your eyes, but buried underneath. And that was the one example, um, the first example rather, where I was able to substitute something from my life and probably do one of the best acting things in my life because it wasn't acting, you know? Uh -huh. I was able to take something from my real life, uh, connect with, who I was playing in the in the scene, and then apply it to that. So, yeah, I think Jeb was a, a, a huge influence for me in terms of um, finding the right reasons to fall in love with acting. I hear you. Yeah, uh, I mean, <clears throat> for that, of course, there's many different methods that you can go in with acting. You know, of course, there's the Meisner techniques and all that stuff too. Do you find substitution is one of the the, the best ways for you to really connect with a character? in that you can take things from your own life and then transpose it onto the character that you're playing? Um, yes, but uh, I have to say that I haven't been able to, like, um, we're talking pretty dark stuff when we talk about like substituting, you know, people who died in your life or, or yeah. you know, giving an animal away and stuff. Like, mm -hmm. I, I haven't had a lot of auditions opportunities where <laughs> they, they required that kind of uh, emotional connection, I guess. Mm -hmm. um, I think one thing that I struggle with a lot, and I, I, I can only imagine that probably most actors struggle with, and they don't even know. Um, and I, I suck with that. I have to consistently remind myself. But I, I, I take this audition scene yesterday, and I'm like, you know, sitting in their car, and I'm like talking to my daughter in their rear view mm -hmm. here. And I mean, there, there's one there, there's one asset, uh, facet of uh, what you're saying, which is emotionally connecting with your daughter and like having that relationship, uh, like shit, like relationship kind of like sussed out and everything like that. But a huge aspect of it is like the technical stuff. Yeah. You know, you're you're in your car. You want to be believable. You don't want to literally be like this and then like tick, ticking and whatnot with your your tinker and turn signals and stuff. But you really mm -hmm. have to visualize yourself literally being in a car, you know. And yeah. I think that kind of aspect surrounding yourself in the environment of where your character is really helps. And I think a lot of actors don't know that actually, because even for me, like I, I probably realized this maybe only two years ago that I really have to bring in the environment, you know, bring in the environment. And, um, cause it, yeah, it, cha it changes everything. You know, like if you're talking mm -hmm. to someone at a party and, you know, say it's a secret 
and you don't want to have people hear, then you're, you're going to be looking around because you don't want people to see and you're going to yeah. talk and be hush about it and stuff like that. So it changes everything. And I, that's like the technical aspect of it. And then there's the emotional aspect. I don't even remember what your question is. What am I doing? <laughs> what was your question? Did you have a question? Yeah, yeah. Like, like I was just basically wondering if substitution is your main method of working when you are trying to have the emotional state of the scene down. It is. It is. Yeah. <laughs> okay, awesome. I should have just said that. Yeah, it <laughs> yeah, is. Yeah. No, but that's a great point, though. I mean, of course, we want to have the emotional state, but also the context, the environment plays a big part in how we display those emotions. So you bring up a good point about driving a car. You're not going to be like looking at like that the whole time because you're driving a car. Yeah. But yeah, like that's a great point there. Mm -hmm. um, so uh, I know you've worked with like Meatloaf and also like Vincent Donofrio too and everything like yeah. that, like pretty big heavy hitters there. Um, you know, if I was ever on set with those type of people, like I think my head would be kind of spinning. I kind of lose ground and all that stuff too what advice would you give to actors when they're on set with bigger name stars so that they're still present and vulnerable while still maintaining some uh, professionalism <laughs> uh gosh i don't see i can give the advice but then i don't even know if i take it myself you know because it's <laughs> obviously you get starstruck obviously it's starstruck um yeah when I worked with Vincent D'Onofrio, like it was, uh, I had just, I was watching Net, uh, Netflix uh, Daredevil at the time. <laughs> and so I was like, holy shit, that's Kingpin. Like, that's him. He, he, I think he's terrific. And I can't believe, and then uh, I think my, my wife's now wife, uh, his dad, her dad was saying how like this actor, oh, did you know he's like the main villain in Men Black, the first one? I was like, oh yeah, he is. I didn't realize that. And just like, wow, all these childhood things that I watched and I'm watching now and he's him. <laughs> and I mean, I'm working with him and it's kind of crazy. Uh, Man, I mean, I know what the correct advice is. I feel like most people would know what the advice is. And that's just not to think about him as a star and just treat him as his character. Now, yeah. whether I did that or not, I don't know. Yeah, and I, yeah I don't know. <laughs> I mean, I, 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 don't, I don't know if I can give advice because I feel like everyone knows the advice. It's just like, hey, if you show up and you're too starstruck by them. Yeah. I mean, you know, <laughs> you put me in a scene with Jennifer Aniston or something. I'm just going to be staring into her beautiful eyes the whole time. Just like, wow. <laughs> <laughs> it's like was it a break i don't know if it was a break and then just <laughs> oh a friend's reference sorry what was, that? what was that i said it's like oh, was gotcha. it a break yeah yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. my favorite uh, show friends. oh really friends we, we uh, yeah oh. oh yeah i i we play in the background every All day yeah yeah <laughs> that friends was the one that also really kind of piqued my interest in in like humor and and everything because when i when i was a kid i would always watch friends after school just went kind of at home by myself when I'm by myself and I kind of connected most with Chandler who is like the funniest <laughs> one the most sarcastic and I, I I don't think I fully realized it but I started like taking his mannerisms and like incorporating into my personality over time and then developing kind of my <clears throat> sense of humor I'm wondering do you have like a similar type of like specific character like that where like whoever you watch I know you mentioned Bruce Lee a little bit as well as being somebody like um very iconic in your in your life as well like taking that unique specific character and then kind of transferring some of those qualities into your acting into something that like you want to emulate has there been like certain qualities of certain characters that you've identified um yes for sure um the whole Bruce Lee thing, by the way, uh, 
I do some martial arts, but I don't consider myself like any sort of like martial art master or whatever. I like I, I grew up doing a lot of martial arts that are kind of like fighting, mm. um, but not performative. Like I don't I don't think you know I wasn't I wasn't I didn't take any classes that kind of look really beautiful on screen. Mm. Um, so that's struggle there. But it's mm. like the interesting thing about playing Bruce Lee, the prospect of playing him, wasn't playing like the star that he was because I just feel like every rendition up until now, uh, it's just almost like character. It becomes like a caricature, you know, we're watching Bruce Lee, what he was on screen. And then movies are trying to be like him, what his character is, you know, this like cocky guy and whatnot. But then this, this, this biopic that I had auditioned for was him 16 years old and under. So I thought that was really interesting because that was really like exploring what his mindset was like. And probably like, it's kind of like, uh, the reverse, you know, trying to um, break break it down to that, like, how did this person become the superstar that he was? You know, what kind of like adversities did he go through, and how did he start off? You know, probably quite the opposite or something like that. I think that was interesting. Nice. Um, but in terms of actors, I don't. I, I definitely have my list of favorite actors, but I don't know if I like them because I see myself in them. I just like mm. them. I don't know. I, I I feel like a lot of Shia LaBeouf's stuff. I, I mm, don't know that I could do what he does. I don't know. I I, I mean, you, I don't you, think, you, you know, I like his roles a lot. And I like, man, I wish I could do something like that. Uh, uh, one of those projects. I like the projects he picks. Yeah. You don't um, think you could do like the whole method acting, not shower for two months so you can get in the role of a Sherman tanker or something like that. Right. I mean, the latest one was that he gave himself a full chest tattoo. Yeah, you hear that? Oh, my God. Was That's that for, for Honey Boy? No, it was no. for... It's um, a new one. Oh, okay. uh, with the david tax. Iyer, yeah it's like the tax accountant or something like something right. like that but it's like yeah that's that's pretty wild that that <laughs> level of commitment where like because it was funny the similar to like what i said about not showering and that that stuff like really bothered some of the other actors on the set as well because it's like he would act legitimately like his smell would legitimately bother some of the other actors so like i wonder in terms of how you see that level of method acting, I'm wondering if like you see that as something that's you lean towards that being more of an authentic approach or kind of that might be too much where it's like, then it's not really the act of acting. Like you still have to be able to generate it without having to go through such extreme lengths, you know? Yeah, it's funny, right? Because like when people go through such extreme things, it's not even acting anymore. They're just being... Um, yeah, at that point, you're you're uh, when you're so fully immersed in a, a, into a role, you're really just being and not really acting because the, the definition of acting really is just being someone you're not. But I mean, I don't disrespect it at all, though. Uh, I don't know if I can get to that level. If I had the opportunity, I don't know. I certainly haven't had any roles that required you to really get into that level. But I feel... Yeah, man. Like I, I would love the challenge. Like I would love the weight challenge thing, just to see mm, you oh. do it. You know, Ooh, like yes. whether if you're slimming way down or just like, well, no, eating the food would be a lot more fun. Uh, <laughs> you know what? I would I've, totally. I've actually heard kind of somewhat the opposite. Sometimes like eating the food is is fun in the beginning, but then once it's like you're not enjoying it because like you could eat it when you feel like it and not eat it when you don't have to. But once it's like you got to eat it when you don't feel like it, that's I think those kind of hurdles. That I remember reading, hearing about actors having to be like, "Oh, that's the worst." 
See, that's where I disagree with you because, you know, I would eat ice cream and if I got bored by ice cream, I'd probably eat brownies. And when I got about, you know, sick of brownies, I eat like cheese here. I feel like yeah. I'd be okay. I love uh, food so much, man. Like it's just, uh, it's sickening to me how much I love food. And it's also a detriment. Yeah. <laughs> just waiting for that role, that one golden role where like you just got a, maybe, I don't know, Asian kingpin, maybe Asian kingpin. <laughs> that'll be, that'll be the one. Tom Hanks is my favorite actor. One of my favorite actors. Uh, mostly because he's such a nice guy too. Not that he's not a good actor. I think he's a great actor. But um, I remember him talking about doing Castaway. And uh, oh, I think yeah. they shot the... I want to say they shot the skinny scenes first. And then they started skinny. And then he got fat after that. But he said that he had this ice cream like truck around the corner that he visited every single day, multiple times a day to fatten up. I would love that experience. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> Uh, speaking on your current roles and all that stuff right now, you've had a great run of romantic mo- comedies or romantic movies, sorry, such as like A Homecoming for the Holidays and and Just My Type and yeah. season two of Virgin River that's coming out soon. Um, what draws you towards those type of romantic dramas? You know what's funny um, is that when I first started acting with Jeb Beach, and this is eight, nine years ago, and he still brings this up every single time I take a class with him, he would talk to class about this story I have and I made fun of Hallmark acting like I just I didn't oh, no. appreciate it I was just like mm, I feel like it's bad acting you know what I mean but mm-hmm. it's it's not bad acting and man like I feel like it's it, it just it's everyone everyone kind of serves their purpose you know it's it's more chill obviously they have the people who watch it and you know what I've watched a couple of them I'm like it's not that bad I don't know it makes people feel good and stuff definitely the acting style is much easier okay. um you know what? Sorry, I can't use easy as a word. Easy for me. Okay. Uh, but, um, wow. Is that what I'm trying to say? I don't really know what I'm trying to say here. Uh, working on Homecoming for the Holidays, let's just say. I played <laughs> a PTSD war vet. And um, that was my first Hallmark gig I ever booked. I used <laughs> to suck at auditioning for them because I would put so much intensity into them. You know, like PTSD war vet. I'd be like, yeah, you know, like I literally am putting myself in that mind frame. Uh-huh. And... Um, during the callback, they definitely told me to lighten up oh. and they made me run different versions of it. And then they, they booked me on it. And when I was working on it, the first day I had trouble because it was like, it was like the, the most difficult scene for me where, you know, my, my guy, my character's like battling through PTSD and this father figure I have comes over and kind of has to talk with me about how he was, he used to be a, a, a war veteran too, <laughs> and how to like get past that by embracing the people around you and whatnot. And we were just so heavy with it. Like as me, especially, I think I was just doing everything that Jeb taught me, you know, like have all these emotions, tap the hell down and then just be happy about it. But they could just yeah. see it. And they're like, they're like, no, 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 uh, happy, happy, be, be more Hallmark, be, be more Christmas. Like, and it was, it was weird to um, experience that. But I mean, yeah. I don't mind it at all. I mean, you, you, you don't, you don't feel shitty for the rest of the day you know it's a christmas movie and so the whole point of it is just to entertain people uh it's definitely a different style it's not a style i'm used to but uh-huh. like i said I, I didn't book a single hallmark thing for the first seven or eight years mm-hmm. and now my last four gigs have all been their hallmark or virgin river which is pretty much the same thing <laughs> yeah dude we're so excited for virgin river though it's gonna be awesome to see you there is there anything that you can say about your character in that uh, I, I can't say anything about my character because okay. it's, it's uh, yeah, he, he's not a huge character, but he definitely plays a part into how the whole big story kind of moves forward. Awesome. Um, 
but yeah, I can't. I, once I talk about anything about it, I'm just gonna give it away for sure. Yeah. For Exciting! Sure. You're really, you're really selling it. I'm, I'm intrigued already. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Um, let's let's go to word association from here. Let's, let's do it. Yeah, let's go. Let us awesome. go. So basically, uh, with our word association game, we like to do this at the end of all of our episodes. It's kind of a palate cleanser. Kind of get to uh, put put the yeah tag team it just you you and uh what is your what's your dog's name this dog is sophie Sophie. hi sophie you and you and sophie just attack this game uh head on and um so basically uh we'll do word association i'll have my 10 words lucas will have his 10 words and then once we get started just clear your head and think of or say the first word or idea or image that comes to your mind after we say our words so, okay, I apologize if it gets dirty. I got a dirty mind. Hey, all the <clears throat> that way we we get to know you. We get to know you more. Just un unadulterated. No, uh, unadulterated. Unfiltered. 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 Yeah, okay. <laughs> unadulterated. Wait. That I don't know why that sounded right to me. I don't really know what that means. Yeah, like, eh, that sounds right. Right. I think I might have just reflexively said it because it is like everybody says that in this in this situation, right? Huh. I should, un- so it's not a, du- anyways. Okay, <laughs> let's go. I'll go with my 10 words and then uh, Lucas will go with his. Okay. So, cool. all right. You and Sophie ready? Yeah. Let's, let's do this. Okay. First word <clears throat> family. Sad. Pineapple. Uh, sweet. Rain. Smell. Alone. Great. <laughs> Sorry, Eleanor. I'm just kidding. That's my wife. <laughs> Motivation. For acting. Uh, I don't know. Acting. Kumquat. Come again? <laughs> Kumquat. No, I heard you. I was just thinking. Uh, there, there that, that was my word. There it is. Yeah. There it is. I like it. Alliteration. Mountain. Climber. Tightrope. Uh, fall down. <laughs> Satisfied. Right now. Mm-hmm. And finally, ending. End game. Greatest movie of all time. Ooh, oh, that wow. that ending in End Game. There you go. Yeah. Honestly, I'm waiting for the day you get some Marvel money, man. Yeah. Yeah. Well, we got a Chinese superhero now, so that's pretty cool. Give it up for Simu. Yeah. 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 All right. Um, ready for the next 10? Sure. Awesome. Yeah. Awesome. Okay. First <clears throat> word of 10. Beach. Sun. Create. Art. Nice. Romance. Eleanor. Ooh, Eleanor. Okay. Uh, food. Sushi. Transform. Mers. <laughs> oh, transformers. transformers. There oh, it is. Okay, okay. Nice. Prepare. How do you guys come up with these words? I'm uh, prepare uh, uh, acting. Wow. No. Again, sorry. <laughs> uh, Josh has a, a a list that's like pretty consistent throughout all episodes. Yeah. And um. I try to get words that I see from my research on you. So, yeah. 
Hmm. Uh, monster. Closet. Closet monster. Cool. Run. Marathon. Dad. Mom. Last one, Donald. Sophie. Oh, Donald and Sophie. Donald and Sophie. Give it up for Donald Hang. Woo! Thank you. Yeah, Thanks, guys. For coming on. Yeah. yeah, that was fun. Thanks, guys. Awesome. Um, what are your social media handles? How can people find you? Uh, man, what is, is it? Hang Donald. Yeah, Hang. Instagram is at Hang Donald. Okay. Simple. Okay. Last name. So I always forget name. whether it's Don- I always forget whether it's like first name and then second. I mean last, but it's last and then first. That's right. Nice, nice. Everyone As, go follow him. Yeah, in the traditional Chinese way, last is first. I appreciate right. it. I appreciate yeah. it. Uh, Josh, what are your handles? Uh, for me, at Josh Yang Comedy across everything, and uh, of course, I always plug the Sleep with Josh podcast. Uh, it's a podcast where I read very bland, dull things like legal documents, um, to lull you to sleep. So give, give that. Are you serious? That's what you do? (laughs) That's hilarious. Yeah. Because I have a, I have a naturally monotone voice and I thought it'd be, it'd be funny. So I've read, um, like copyright law of Canada. I've read, uh, the terms of services of Facebook. I've counted sheep for about an hour so you know just a bunch of random random stuff in this voice and it's like what did you count up to when you're counting sheep i uh went insane at about 700 so i couldn't go any further wow okay yeah but uh i am planning for for one when i hit my 100th episode to count a thousand sheep and no matter Hmm. what happens you know i might turn into the shining no matter what happens i'm gonna hit a thousand sheep and that's my that's my promise. I'll tune in. Yeah. Me too. Man. I'm not <laughs> promising that though. I'm just... <laughs> uh, yeah, and uh, everyone can find me at Lucas John Ng on Instagram and on Facebook. Follow this podcast on YouTube or wherever you will listen to your podcast at HWMIY Podcast. And follow us on YouTube too. We would love the subscribers. So thank you so much for the support. Uh, give it up for Mr. Donald Hang again. Woo! Hey. Awesome. Thanks, guys. Yeah. Awesome. We'll see you all next week. See you later. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. 